0: Uh, but I feel like I'm driving the the, the Indiana Jones truck with lights flicker and the gas. Or just, it sort of jumps, you know, when you're driving. <laughs> Either way, I got all my stuff unloaded, put into storage, and then I parked it in front of my parents' house, and I was going to move it back to church because I couldn't find the keys. Uh, and I'm looking all over for the keys, trying to find them, look through every box that we thought we had. Because I knew I had them when I brought the last stuff into the house. Obviously, I drove the truck there. So it had been in one of the boxes or fallen in. I thought maybe it was on the lanyard though, and I was wearing it. So I'm like, "There's no way I could have bent all the way down like this. Like, who does that when they're carrying a box and it fallen off?" But you never know. So I'm looking all over the house, couldn't find it. A couple of days passed, still couldn't find it. Abby finally, Abby actually finally found it outside, and she was. I looked through the glass door, and I could see her like dancing around, like <laughs> like laughing, <laughs> and what happened was Bradley had taken those keys and he thought they were the keys to his tricycle outside and they were like tied around the handlebar. I was <laughs> slightly upset with him. But uh, all that to say, those days that I was sitting out there, good old Lake Elsner Code Enforcement, drove by, put a warning and a ticket. I don't know how you can do that. They put a warning and a ticket the same day, literally within minutes of me having it parked there. So I was reaping the rewards of, poor decisions, and it was really, I I repealed it, so I'm hoping that they'll, uh, or repealed it, or whatever the word is, refuted, appealed, yeah, not repealed, uphealed, so we'll see, (laughs) hopefully they'll have mercy, but that was something where I reaped uh, what I had sown, anybody else have something good or bad, Uh, nothing, oh man, Nathan, when you don't eat, you lose weight, (laughs) (laughs) all right, yes, I'm not sure if that's like forests. Well, we won't get into the deep thoughts on those ones. Yes. Um, so just, just going out solely. Okay. Seeing people saved and okay. come to Christ. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you, uh, you're you not going to get fruit unless you're actually going out doing something about it, planting seeds. Uh, so it's good. Uh, if you're in Esther 7, uh, last week, which, again, Teddy taught that one, but uh, they came to the story uh, where Hazorah had his dream. Uh, King has a hearse there, and he has his dream, and uh, he gets woken up. He see, he says, "I need a you know, I need something to read." <laughs> so he goes and reads the chronicles, which is not a, it's not the chronicles of Narnia, but the chronicles of all the stuff that's written down. Like, let me read history. I guess that would put you to sleep though. So he's reading history. It brings back up that Mordecai was the one who saved him and gave him, uh, saved him from that um, what do we call it? conspiracy for the people that were trying to kill him. So that's what happened during this time. And then he finds it was Mordecai. And so Mordecai then, uh, Haman is the one who takes him around. And that is humiliation for Haman because Mordecai was the one who was, the king didn't know this, but Mordecai was that one standing up against him and not bowing down. So we had to lead him through the city and put him all these nice clothes. And so that's where we finish up the day. Remember, Esther had already had one banquet with the king and and Haman. And she said, hey, uh, I have this request. How about we have another banquet? So again, the next day, this is again after the Mordecai uh, is led through by Haman and Haman got humiliated. So they get to Esther's apartment. Hazahurus nor Haman uh, understood that Esther was a Jew. Remember, she was the Jews were going to be killed. They had written the law. Haman had got that sneakily put in there and Hazarus signed it, kill all the Jews. It said, he didn't tell them it was Jews that they were killing but He said, i kill all the people here. They're, they're coming up You know, one person that stood up instead of, instead of the people. Either way. Haman was, uh, I'm sure, frazzled with what happened that day. He had to lead Mordecai, his mortal, who, in his mind, his mortal enemy through the streets. Humiliation. If you could think someone that you have mortal end with, uh, Satan, uh, some uh, end with, uh, maybe clash heads with a coworker at work, and your boss makes you, Josh, <laughs> Josh and Christian, all right, uh, <laughs> your boss makes you parade them and honor them with some type of party. That's what happened with Haman. So Haman had this. He got himself together, he said, I'm going to enjoy the night. Uh, we're going to have a party at Esther's house. Again, I get invited to the queen's apartment, just me and the king. It's so special. No one else ever gets to do this. Talk himself up, of course. Uh, And the banquets, this is the seventh one in this book. But if he had figured out he was a Jew, I'm sure Haman would either ran for his life because the king uh, loved Esther or begged Hazarus for mercy. And God had warned Haman many times through his advisors, even through his wife, but he would not listen. And... In Proverbs 16, 5, it says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And, you know, uh, sometimes we think that people are getting away with something uh, or that it's not going to happen, but this, he does get punished for this. And he had God's very much long suffering towards him. And Haman thought he was safe. And, uh, you know, here he, he doesn't do this. So we come into this story where Haman is thinking everything's okay, still going to be able to kill the Jews, the people that I hate. And that's where we're coming into Esther chapter 7. So look down at verse number 1. It says, uh, So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Verse 3, Then Esther the queen Answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not can avail the king's damage. Let me pray and we'll get into uh, what we see here. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we're grateful for the word of God. God, I pray that uh, we would... Uh, understand and trust in you, God. understand that, um, God, we, we we should stick close to you. We should understand to live our life uh, the right way. And, God, uh, that a lot of times those things that we uh, that we sow, God, we will reap. And I pray that we live a life honoring to you, God. If move with your wisdom, your Holy Spirit's power, help me say the right things. Help me be clear with them. In your name, amen. Uh, So, meant to mention visitors. Man, um, I already forgot to. Ryan and Diego. Yes, the Holy Spirit just told me that, Thanks, Teddy. All right. Uh, but uh, Teddy was able to go visit them yesterday, and uh, they have good taste in shoes, so they must be pretty solid guys. And they helped carry all this stuff in from my car this morning, so appreciate them. Winners. All right. Uh, Elge bachelors. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not the first week, all right. All right. Uh, sorry, my bad. my bad guys. All right. So the first thing we see is the Queen's request. Queen's request. Uh, so since the last night's banquet, uh, Hazarus has been waiting. Like the queen called this banquet. Why sh- Partly he's a king, and why should I have to wait to hear this request from, from the queen? She had this party the night before. She didn't even want to request something. So it's obviously something that's bothered her. I want to know what it is. And here he tells her, uh, you can have anything you want, even to the half of the kingdom. Now, that was a very broad uh, promise. He wasn't going to give her half the kingdom. This was just saying, I'll help you with every, whatever you want to do. Half the kingdom would be a lot. Remember, he had from Ethiopia to India. That was a big kingdom, uh, the Persian empire there. But it meant he was generous. For the past 24 hours, I'm sure Esther has been uh, reciting the speech back in her head. How am I going to tell the king this? What words am I going to say? I'm nervous about this. Uh, I don't know if I can bring this before the king. And I'm asking God to give me strength to say the right things. And uh, this speech that she could, it could have been her death speech. If the king rejected this. If the king said, "Oh, I don't, I sign this. It's not going to happen. Just the Jews are going to die." If he had re- rejected her speech, it was her death sentence. Off with her head, or whatever you want to say. But she made it clear that she needed the favor of Ahazirus, and uh, she wasn't trying to boss him around. She was smart. She she took a little bit of Haman's tricks. Haman was very mischievous and very manipulative, and he knew how uh, the king was a very much a chauvinist, and. It was somewhat like a reverse psychology. Not reverse psychology, but just the psychology. Or she's just a woman. She knows how to talk to a guy. So uh, She wasn't wise to say, there's some guy in this empire that's trying to kill all of us. She said, me and my people are going to die. And my life is in danger. You know, it's like, my life is in danger. Only you can save me. I don't know. That's how that's I think of it. And, uh, and I think that Hazard Hurst very much loved Queen Esther. Hazard Hurst had literally a harem full of ladies that he just had all of his sensual uh, desires fulfilled. But Esther was one that he loved. I think he loved Vashti. He wanted her back. But then the other people said, no, 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 we're not bringing Vashti back. She's going to kill us if we put her back in power. So he had this, uh, I'm sure as he sat there and looked into her lovely eyes, she did her little eye blink or whatever, you know, help me please. And her words moved him. You know, and I'm sure inside of him, what guy, who's trying to kill my wife? And, and that built up inside of him. And... Who's trying to hurt? I don't know if he had a little pet name for her, my little pookie or my little honey. I don't know what he called her. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Boo? What? Oh, oh, okay. But not only was her life in danger, but the people, all of Israel, all the Israelites, remember they were in captivity. So they, they, they it would be very hard for them to get out of the Persian Empire. So they're going to travel as far east as India and as far west as Ethiopia, it'd be hard for them to get out of there, and so for them to to escape would be uh, difficult, and so the my guess made this king think. After she said my me and my people, it's like wait, wait, who who are her people? Like he first it was like who's gonna kill my queen, but then also who's I thought I thought you were Persian, I thought you were, I thought you were part of this empire. Who have you been keeping a secret from me? I'm sure that's what the thoughts. Esther reminds of hers of the decree that he had excuse me, sign. So It's going to wipe out all of my people, all the Jews. And the words she used were almost verbatim to the decree that the, in chapter 3, but we won't get into that. But Esther was smart enough to put two and two together, realizing, oh, you're a Jew. This is the people that I signed, and I signed your death warrant. Esther points out to the king that he had been, uh, if you remember back to the story, Haman brought this to the king, but he also said, I'll pay to make this happen. Remember he said, I'll pay 10,000 talents to kill these people. You don't have to worry about it, king. I'll take care of this. And the king, or Esther points out, you allowed someone to pay you to pass this decree, to pay money to do this. And uh, she said, if if we had been sold as slaves, the payment would have been okay, but you're allowing someone to pay to kill people. And... Uh, If it was just a matter of us going into bondage, I would have kept quiet. I've been okay with that. But this is murder that we're talking about. And she bravely as she could, knowing that God was with her, she lays it out before the king. And she didn't know what would happen. Remember, she said later on or earlier on with Mordecai, if I perish, I perish. You know, here, uh, this is what she's laying it out there. If the king rejects her request, she's, she's dead along with the rest of the people. Sometimes we think that we uh, can get everything figured out with God. And sometimes, though, we're really scared with things. God, you really want me to do this next step? Trust me, I've been there, done that. Uh, going from what I'm doing now to pastoring is not an easy step. It's not something that I'm just, hey, whatever, let's do it. You know, it's not as easy as that. It's not just like we're picking another restaurant to go to. But I've got to commit the things that God wants me to do. Uh, Proverbs 16 says... Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. And here Esther is saying, God, okay, I commit myself to you, whatever you got going on. I'm going to do it. I'm trusting in you. It's in your hands. Look in verse number five. Then the king Ahazahurus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that durst pursue in his heart to do so? Where is, this, where is this person? Who is he? Where is he? Tell me now. I'm going to kill this guy. Esther said, the, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath, went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was an evil determined against him by the king. Verse 8, then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman was fallen upon the bed where, whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. So first up we see the queen's request, then we see the king's rage. And man, Ahazahurus, just like in anything, he was so short-tempered. And he would get so upset. And uh, if you can imagine the the thoughts and what's being bounced around in the mind of Ahazahurus. Uh, and without directly pointing the finger at the king, Esther saying, hers you're part of this crime. You allowed payment for this to happen. So he, this is coming through his head, and I'm sure that there's a little bit inside of him that feels guilt. And he's feeling uh, that he is part of this. And the king knew that what he had done was very reckless. He, just, he didn't think through getting this decree or this law passed. He just let it get passed. And he didn't think through it, and he realized he made a mistake in this point. I, he had did part of it. And he's part of this conspiracy to kill these Jews. And he had been the one that had given his wife that death sentence. So you think of this as going on in his, in his mind. I have to find a way to save my wife, but I also need to find a way to save face. Like, I don't want to, like, make myself look like I was part of this. And so he, upset, he leaves, he goes out into the, the garden there, and the, he's fuming, I see him pacing back and forth. And in a, in a monarchy like this one, the king was someone, they looked to him as God. And if you look through history, he very much so, he, he viewed himself as a God. He thought he was the greatest. And uh, Hazahurus also, uh, it's either Xerxes or Arch Xerxes, I can't always get them confused. But Xerxes, uh, viewing himself as God. And with an empire from Ethiopia to India, you, you would understand why he had that view, that he was over all these people. And so if they were viewed as this way, usually they'd always have these scapegoats, these guys lined up. Uh, as we all know, what rolls downhill Okay, that's the same way. And being in Marines and Army, I'm sure everything's blamed on the guys below you, uh, right? That's usually how it is with leadership. Okay, this is what he was doing. I'm gonna put this scapegoat. There's got to be someone that I can blame for this problem. I know I was the final cause of it, but there's someone else so I can blame for the dumb mistakes. Modern politicians are not much different than that. But it has a hearse. Asked in verse five, who's guilty? Who who can I punish? And uh, he, you know, he got one surprise. My queen is a Jew. He didn't under, Didn't know that. And he's hit with another one. His favorite officer, his right-hand man, Haman, is stabbing him in the back for the most part, killing his wife. And plotted against him. And Esther didn't say that Haman, just like the king had learned that Esther was a Jew. Haman just was finding this out too. Like, wait, you're a Jew too? Uh-oh. Like, I'm dead. Like, Haman knew right away, I'm dead. Uh, and... He didn't know all that was going on. Maybe in Hazarhurst's mind, Haman wanted to kill the queen. So that's why he decided to kill all the Jews. He didn't, you know, Hazlehurst didn't understand. Maybe it was, he did not know it was him and Mordecai butting heads. He thought, maybe you hate my wife. You're going to kill my wife. Like, dude, you're really dead. And he didn't know. Uh, on top of that, maybe Haman was part of the, remember way back when Mordecai saved him, the two people were uh, Thin and Teresh, weird names. But either way, those were the ones who wanted to kill the king. Maybe he thought he was part of that. So now he's trying to kill all of them. He did not understand. But now we see why God directed Esther to wait. He wanted Hazahurus to know that Mordecai had saved him, that Mordecai the Jew had saved the king. And having this chance for this to happen, that is why sometimes in our life, to learn to wait on God is not an easy thing to do. If you ever had to wait for God to answer your petition, your request, it's not easy, but God had a plan. And um, if you look in verse number seven, it says, And the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden. You know, uh, Hazarhurst had this short temper. He's about to explode. And his pride was hurt. He had misjudged Haman. Uh, he made a fool by promoting Haman, giving him this position. And he's so upset with himself. And he's pacing back and forth. I can see him there trying to control this temper. We know that uh, Proverbs says the wrath of a king is as messengers of death. And that's so true at this point. He's just ready to, I'm going to kill this guy. Uh, I can't believe I allowed this to happen. He's on himself, but he's also on Haman. And Esther knew Haman was a tool of the devil. To, he was trying to destroy the Jews permanently. And, you know, uh, in a there's a Jewish commentary on Esther. It says this. It says, uh, the arrogant bully became... As usually in the face of disaster, a whining coward. And that is so true. Haman, who was so full of himself, is now begging, literally groveling at the feet of Esther. Save me, save me. This is the same guy who said, everyone needs to bow down to me. Make a law to make everybody bow down to me. And here, the guy who, uh, with all the king's authority behind him, strutting around like a peacock, whenever he went, looking like, hey, look at me, Uh, demanding respect and giving orders. But now that the anger of the king was in front of him, instead of the respect that was behind him before, now Haman's real side comes out. He wasn't a giant. He was just this midget full of pride, full of odd air. Uh, and as they say, no, I'm not, that's a terrible joke. Never mind. Uh, but I love the, uh, and scripture is full of dichotomies or two different viewpoints of things. And I love the dichotomy here. Haman had been furious because a Jewish man wouldn't bow down, bow down to him. And now Haman is bowing down to this Jewish woman. And I love scripture, how it brings those two things in front of us. When the king entered the room, he saw the scene. He thinks, because they would eat and they would usually have these like long couches, sort of more, they call them beds here in scripture, but like a long couch. And now Haman is laying down by them. And he said, wait, you're going to try to force yourself on my wife now too? And here, uh, he's so upset. And as soon as he said that, you know, after taking Mordecai around the city and uh, Haman had covered his head in humiliation, now the king's guards are literally forcing, they're putting a mask over his face because you're going to the execution. And I love this, that, what scripture does here. But if Haman had just a little bit of humility, a little bit of repentance, things would have gone so much differently. But he didn't want to listen to the warnings of God. In our life, we have to be very careful. We allow pride. We allow arrogance. We allow the things that we think that we know how to handle something to go through life in our own wisdom, and we fall on our face. We destroy our own selves. We have to learn to live a life of humility. We have to learn a life of, sometimes we're saying, I was wrong in this situation. Haman was very much wrong. Way far, he was way far from wrong. He was incredibly just evil in in this choice. Sometimes we make mistakes that we don't want to admit that we made a mistake can't humble ourselves before God. I think we know more than God. We know more than uh, the Bible or Scripture. And here, things could have gone differently if Haman had humbled himself way before this point, but he did not want to do that. He was so controlled by pride and malice that he was blinded to the future dangers that he would have. So we see the, king's, uh, the queen's request, the king's rage, and last we see Haman's reward. Look at verse number 9. And Harbonah, uh, one of the chamberlains, said before the king... Behold also the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, uh, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Uh, We see the reward that Haman has. In Proverbs 11, it says, The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. You know, these... These were very much noteworthy gallows. It wasn't just like, hey, build this hangman's noose and we'll just have it happen. This was, remember, he said, build this thing high. 50, 75. 75? 75, 75 uh, cubits? I can't remember. 50. 50. Okay, I couldn't remember. I messed myself up there. 50 cubits high. It says it on there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, my bad. All right. <laughs> 50 cubits high that he built these gallows so that everybody could see. 150 feet roughly tall. So looking at this, they could see these things. It wasn't as if it was just a small thing. He wanted everybody to see Mordecai die. These things that were built were very much just conveniently available for Haman. And so the king used it, of course. Haman, I'm sure, had spread the word before this. Mordecai's dying. He's going to die tomorrow. I'm ready to kill him. I'm sure he spread every news. Those gallows that are being built, those are for Mordecai. He kept spreading the news. So everybody in that palace knew about it, especially this guy named Harbonoth, Harbaugh? Uh, Harbunah said, hey, there's gallows out there. Because him forcing himself upon Esther, that's instant death. That was capital punishment. It was you had to die. That deserved death. So this guy, this chamberlain, said, hey, there's gallows out there that he built for Mordecai. We can use those. And he said, use them, kill them. And uh, his words that Haman used didn't just come back to haunt him. They came back to slay him, to kill him. And that thing that he was sowing, he reaped. You know, the day before Haman dressed uh, Mordecai, dressed to the nines, uh, whatever, I don't, I don't know what that word means, but dressed to the nines. But he led Mordecai through the streets. But now Haman is being led with his face covered and he's going to end up in the hangman's noose. Um, I'm sure his wife, Zaras, and 10 sons watched that execution along with the rest of the Jews. I'm sure it gave those Jews confidence knowing our, our enemy is dead. He's dying, he's up there. And I'm sure that they gave them promise knowing that, okay, maybe we're not dead. We're not going to die. This They were three months into that one year sentence before they would be killed. I love uh, Galatians 6. says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Haman sowed anger against Mordecai, and he reaped anger from the king. Haman wanted to kill Mordecai and the Jews. And the king, of course, killed Haman. Uh, Job 4 says, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Uh, you know, I remember as a kid we had that Patch Pirate song. You guys Patch Pirate is like a Christian I don't know. Christian Christian Rap. This song said Christian Rap. <laughs> there's there's there are like Bible stories with songs built in, anyways. One of them is the boomerang's gonna come back. And it just talks about the things that we sow, we reap. And uh, it is a true principle found in the Word of God. Sowing and reaping. It's something that happens to believers and unbelievers alike. I was looking through, just thinking through some stories. I think of how in the Bible Jacob killed an animal and lied to his father, and he was pretending to be Esau. But then years later, Jacob's sons killed an animal and lied to him. Think of Jacob and Joseph, pretending that Joseph was dead. Pharaoh he gave orders to drown Jewish baby boys, and guess what? His army would be drowned in the Red Sea. David secretly took his neighbor's wife and committed adultery. But then David's own son Absalom took his father's concubines and openly committed adultery with them. On top of that, David's son uh, or David's daughter Tamar was, of course, raped by her half brother, brother Amnon. Excuse me. David killed Bathsheba's husband. Then three of David's own sons were slain: Absalom, Amnon, and of course uh, Adonijah. Saul of Tarsus was the one who encouraged the stoning of Stephen, and when he became Paul the missionary, he eventually was stoned at Lystra. I know that we don't want to say, oh, that's good and bad. You know, those are good guys. But the, the point is, the, the sowing and reaping applies so much in this life. And Haman found that out. The things that he sowed, he reaped. And it applies to us doing what is good and right. Galatians 6, 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. You know, no good deed done for the glory of God will ever be forgotten before him. And I love the fact. No loving word spoken in Jesus' name will ever be wasted. There's things that God rewards for us in eternity for the things we do here on earth. Um, Haman was killed in his own gallows. Uh, Buried there and all the wealth and the fame couldn't rescue him from that death. He couldn't take any of it with him. You know, uh, let me read you one more um, in, in Psalms. Actually, I think I put, did I put Psalms in there? I didn't, okay, sorry, Nathan. It says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases forever. Verse 16 of that chapter it says, Be thou not afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away, his glory shall not descend after him. Uh, the things that we have on this earth, sometimes we think, Oh, I got to have the money, I got to save I got to do this, I got to have a bank account, I got to whatever. Those things are really not that important. And I'm all about saving. You shouldn't live a life of a you know, negative balance and you're always getting your uh, overdraft fees and all that stuff. Uh, you should not live that way. But when we're so concerned about the money that we have in this life, those are the things we can't bring with us. I don't, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm, I prepare for my retirement and all that stuff. I, I put money away. But that is not my consuming factor in life. It ought to be the things that I do for God. Uh, and there's that personal lesson. A lesson... Even here about, about Israel, uh, you know, it, it says that uh, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. That's a, such a true thing. And this is what happens to Haman. Um, but I look down the last thing I see in verse number 10. It says, Then the king's wrath uh, was pacif- or pacified. That word there, pacified, is like uh, in Genesis 8, the receding waters of the flood. They just The king's wrath, anger and wrath was welled up inside and reached the point of explosion. He executed Haman. Now it subsided. The king was Himself again. Uh, now, even though Haman, the adversary, was out of the way, there was still the problem. There was still a law that was written. And that, when this law of the Medes and Persians was written, couldn't change it. And we'll see what happens with this decree that was still in effect. It could not be changed. Remember, he said, I'm going to give you a year to either get out of here or you're going to be dead. And that day, uh, the D day, the day of the time that we're gonna, you're going to be killed is on this day. They're on month three right now, so they have nine months. They could still be killed, and we'll see what happens with Esther and Mordecai, how they solve this problem, and how God takes care of His people uh, in chapter eight. Let me pray, and we'll be out of here. Any any pressing prayer requests, any prayer needs, anybody has in any? here? Yeah, if you to continue praying, uh, I not continue because uh, I say continue. We prayed about last week in church up there, but uh, my my mother-in-law had a, I thought it was a stroke, not. Then they knew they found out it wasn't a stroke. and They still aren't sure exactly what it is. It's got some uh, paralysis and blurred vision. She can't see uh, hardly at all. Um, just and they're trying to figure out what the problem is. And then trying to get into the doctor's office, the neurologist, and all the other stuff is a whole other thing. And they said, "Oh, we'll see you in September." Like, no, that's a month and a half away. Um, and so my wife been trying to get them into a doctor sooner. You pray for that. Um, just and it was just. Um, all that stuff. Your hands not up, Richard. You're just waving your cast. All right, pray for Richard's hand. His, his hands not up. All right. Okay. Uh, we pray and we'll be out of here. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank for the Word of God. Thank for the wisdom. Thank for the understanding that we get from it. God, I pray you guide us. God, help us stay close to you. God, pray that you give us, uh, first off, humility. God help us to humble sight. God, I'll help us admit we're wrong. really to um, God, give us um, do that. God, help us to, in humility, go to you. In humility, go to others when we've wronged them. Um, God, give us um, the understanding to do that. Pray that we learn to trust in you. And the hardships, God, trials. God, I pray that we would live our life just in honoring to you. God, not chasing the things of this world, but chasing the things uh, for eternity. God, feel we'll pressure with your wisdom, your speech, your next hour, give strength and understanding. Praise with our family. We make decisions. i uh, do the church vote today. Um, God, help us, your will to be accomplished. God, I pray you be with um, mother-in-law. God, I pray you be with Janet as she's just struggling right now. God, for her body strength. God, take uh, away any process that she has there. Um, help. hope be able soon. And I'm going salute you. God, so much, God, in your name. Amen.